2: This is Popcorn Podcast with Tim and Lee, and today we're going to kick off by talking about Midsummer, Late Night and Palm Beach. Let's get into it. Yeah. So this week I saw Midsummer, mm-hmm. which is the second film from writer-director Ari Aster, so, Midsummer is about a group of um, mates at university, mm-hmm. and they have a friend who is from this commune uh, over in Sweden that's his community, mm-hmm. and he wants to take them there to experience this Midsummer festival.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And there's a, a tragedy that happens to Dani in mm-hmm. her family, uh, which you learn at the beginning of the film, and ultimately, the series of events it lends to her going with her boyfriend and his and his mates to this festival in Sweden. So she
3: tags along on a boys' trip yeah, a and thing.
2: and yeah, and you kinda of learn a lot about their relationship and his friends and kind of mm. how welcome or not she is in the group and their relationship and whatnot. But yeah, that's kind of the premise of the film and then you kinda of get caught up in all the midsummer madness, mm. if you will.
3: Midsummer madness. <laughs> Mm-hmm.
2: So you may recall his directorial debut in Hereditary mm. uh, a couple of years ago, starring Tony Collette. And I'd only recently seen that film. And I'm really glad that I did because a lot of his um, style as a filmmaker and his style as a writer mm. definitely had similarities between the two.
3: Right.
2: Uh, the way he shoots his films is very closed off.
3: It's very confronting, isn't it? Very confronting. Yeah.
2: Slow camera movements. He holds a shot. Mm -hmm. The scenes either, it's one, like a lot of his scenes are either one long take, which I, one of my favorite cinematic techniques is long takes. I was just about to
3: ask you whether it was uncomfortable because it's quite a scary film, isn't it?
2: yeah I wouldn't call it a horror it's definitely a a thriller Mm. and I'll get into how confronting I found it Mm. because it was but yeah he 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 loves holding those shots and panning in and and kind of really creating tension um and also he's well it's only two movies in but I feel like he's got an obsession with symbolism and really conveying stories and characters and events and how he gets from A to B through a lot of symbolism so you have to really pay attention and look at things that he's showing you and that you're seeing along the way So that's the experience in Midsummer, and it was also very similar to Hereditary. Hereditary is much more of a horror film in my opinion. This movie is two and a half hours long. It's long. It's too long. But I was never bored. You were worried about that going
3: in? I, I was
2: because I was thinking, how can you hold the attention of, of the audience in a in a horror thriller genre where you kind of have to really roll with the punches, mm-hmm. sort of thing. But despite it being too long, probably half an hour too long, if I'm generous. Wow, that's quite
3: long. yeah
2: yeah. Look, he definitely takes his time to to tell you something, mm-hmm. which I'm not really averse to. But in this sense, I was. there were some things he definitely, there was a lot of fat there he could have trimmed. It would have made the film a little bit more impactful. But with the positives, I really loved his style of filmmaking. Mm-hmm. And he certainly grips you. And I was never bored, like I said, although he probably could be a, li- a little bit more concise in his storytelling. Yeah. Visually, absolutely stunning. Like the camera work, but also the production design and the costumes mm. and everything. Um, set in Sweden during the summer, so it was always light. There was never... Yeah. I don't think there was a scene where it was dark at all. No, because it's... They referenced the once there. that it had been dark at one point, but they're all hard drugs or whatever. The, sun,
3: the sun goes down for about an hour. Yeah. Yeah. So
2: it's, it is bright, and that's probably what gets you... You don't have a chance to take a breath in this movie, mm. because it is light. There's no breaks at all. It's just... In your face, bright. And you see how hot the characters are, all that sort of stuff. Mm. In terms of, I think its biggest flaws, unfortunately, was its lack of character development. For a movie that's two and a half hours long, mm. you think Ari would have taking the time to actually develop some of his characters. The the lead was played by Florence Pugh, um, who I thought was very strong, really, really good. She certainly carried the movie.
3: She's a newcomer.
2: She's a newcomer. She's only been around for a few years. She's going to be in the upcoming Black Widow movie. So no doubt she'll kind of catapult off, but she's a British actress who's been in a few, like...
3: Fighting with my family. Yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. King Lear and all that stuff as well. Jack Rayner, who played her boyfriend, Christian... I had my biggest problem with him. Right. He was so boring
0: as an actor. I've
2: never seen him in a movie before. You know, he was a bit of an... He was an arsehole as well. Like, like you're not meant to like him. Right. But I just thought he was a little bit boring and it didn't help with the length of the film, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And there were a few... Like, the character development was the thing that let you let this film down a lot. Yeah, you didn't quite understand some of the motives and reasons why mm-hmm. certain subplots existed and why these characters made decisions. But in terms of it serving its purpose as a thriller, it fucking delivered. There's so many confronting scenes in this film, really uncomfortable. I don't want to speak at them at length because...
3: You don't want to spoil. You don't want to spoil anything.
2: But I guess all in all... Yeah, go on. You had a question?
3: No. Can I put my hand up?
2: Question yes, Lee. Is it
3: question time now? (laughs) I wanted to ask you whether mm. you do you, do you see some similarities in his Ari's style of filmmaking with Darren Aronofsky,
2: oh, Mother? Yes,
3: symbolism and like really long scenes and really involved and confronting stuff. And yep. yeah,
2: yeah, they are definitely very. Um similar, although I think Darren Aronofsky uses a little bit more CGI and effects, but maybe mm-hmm. that's because he's further along and he's had different variations in projects. This one was very in camera that I could tell. Filming technique. Yeah, filming technique. I think Hereditary had a little bit more effects going on, but it was telling more of a supernatural story, I suppose. Mm-hmm. It was uh this film was not comfortable to watch at all. <laughs> like right from the get-go. Listeners, be warned. Be warned. There is stuff in there that if you there's no jump scares or anything like that, so don't be worried about that. It's kind of the, the themes of this movie, what you ultimately learn about the commune of, of people in Sweden, like what they do, what they're about and what their culture is and what their rituals and things. What are they up to? um yeah some of it's really fucked up to be fair um but yeah no i i enjoyed it i did but i wouldn't rave about it i think it was just a real shame if they got the characters better if they were a bit more interesting mm. if you kind of got to know them more then i think you probably would have cared a little bit more but then at the same time you're not really meant to care about them because they are all a little bit self-indulgent and obsessed mm. and a little bit dickheads um but yeah i guess that's my take on midsummer so
3: how many kernels would you give
2: it i probably give it just because i admired the filmmaking i'd probably give it a um ooh, a three <laughs> three popcorn kernels oh, I'll see i can't get back to 2.5 because that means it's it's a dud yeah they give it a three and there's a lot to get out of this film outside of yeah. its character and some of its plot elements
3: get out there and see it but make sure you take a toilet break before you do
2: yeah it's quite long that's <laughs> what i that's my ritual as soon as i get into the cinema i sit down and then i go out to the toilet yeah. i go to the toilet the last possible minute anyway you've learned something very personal (laughs) about me yeah
3: so also out on august 8th was palm beach an australian film it's billed about as being about a group of lifelong friends who reunite in sunny beautiful palm beach for a party where tensions boil over and secrets come out and all of that kind of thing it stars Mm -hmm. brian brown sam neill greta scacci Jacqueline McKenzie, Richard E. Grant, like every major Australian actor you can think of. And it's directed by Rachel Ward, who is Brian Brown's wife. And it's actually meant to be based loosely on brian brown and his friends
2: yeah and a holiday he went on
3: yes at one point yes so the chemistry between the cast is effortless obviously if you've listened to sam neill and brian brown doing press recently it's just larrikins yeah amazing and they've worked together so much all these people have worked together for decades they're veterans of the screen but beyond that is where it's lacking a little bit Mm. so the scenery is beautiful but Palm Beach speaks to more of an upper social class, as you can imagine. It's this beautiful, affluent area yeah. full of beautiful people living their best lives. Surfing, surfing in retirement and, you know, making macrame and <laughs> whatever else.
2: What's macrame? <laughs> I don't know.
3: Whatever else retirees do.
2: I'm going to Google search macrame <laughs> after this.
3: But it's, like, it's basically older, rich, white dudes and their problems, which... Yeah. It hasn't been addressed that much on screen. <laughs> I tried to say that with a serious <laughs> face. No, but seriously. it's Yeah. That, that's
2: well, it the, talks about really important things about life that otherwise wouldn't yeah, be wouldn't discussed be addressed. or addressed. And openly
3: mental health and all this kind yeah. of stuff and friendship between men should be addressed a little bit yeah. more.
2: no matter who you are.
3: Exactly. It's, it does speak to a certain class of people, but maybe that's people who aren't in that class might enjoy that, seeing how the other half live.
2: Sure, or suffer. Or suffer. That's a bit more. Bad. Yeah,
3: it's not to say it's a bad movie, but that's about as exciting as it gets. Really, okay. it's a solid Australian film. I have heard some reviews say that it's like watching an Australian play on screen, oh, which okay. you could either love or hate.
2: Yeah, because it's just talking heads and...
3: Yeah, yeah. not a lot happening, right. really. But it's a solid Australian drama and we need to support Aussie cinema, so get out there and see it. We do. Also out this week was Late Night, written by Mindy Kaling, who created The Mindy Project. Mm-hmm. So she's no stranger to writing comedy. Yeah. She's done a good job here, I think. With, it's a comedy with a bit of substance. Great. And it stars Emma Thompson. Oh.
2: I think I sigh every time we've mentioned Emma Thompson on this podcast. Emma
3: Thompson, Just pause takes me to a place. for reaction. Yes. Yeah, pause. <laughs> pause for reaction. Emma Thompson, oh. uh. <laughs> She's so good. I mean, I don't know why she hasn't had a role like this before. The movie is mm. about, she's a talk show host who is getting pushed out because of her age. Hey,
2: it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget?
3: I just feel like this is the role mm. for Emma Thompson. It's just amazing, especially yeah. at this stage in life. She can do anything. She's like the British Meryl Streep.
2: Ooh, what a title! Oh, it's for true. sure. Do you
3: disagree? No, she's amazing.
2: He just surprised me. And this is
3: kind of a Devil Wears Prada kind of role, but except in television.
2: Oh, mm-hmm. well, bring it on!
3: Yeah. Okay. News time.
2: News time. News flash.
3: <laughs> Go on then.
2: Oh, sorry. <laughs> Hobbs and Shaw. So we have news at The Rock. He's announced this week that Hobbs and Shaw has received the highest audience rating of any Fast and Furious film released.
3: He claims it's the number one movie in the world.
2: Yeah. Well, it probably is.
3: I didn't do my research, but I'll but take it's, the um, Rock's word That's away. all
2: great. So Sentiment... God knows why is positive about this film within the niche little Fast and Furious mm. audience that it is, but it was the lowest opening weekend in the franchise for a few years. So in terms of it didn't break box office records, mm. uh, but I guess you know uh, you've got to find a good story where where it exists <laughs> and 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 bring it home. And Universal have confirmed with him that it will be a franchise in itself. So there's more Hobbs and Shaw movies coming outside of the Fast and Furious franchise 9, 10, 11, 25
3: and yeah. 30
2: that do you are think, coming out
3: do you think this will kill the franchise off? Well, they'll give up after this next one
2: it, I feel like it's going to um, self-destruct the franchise because there's so much ill feelings amongst the ensemble cast that have mm-hmm. come out and been quite vocal over the last little while when this film was announced and even since.
3: And then this one doing well, it's just going to be adding salt to the wound. And I think
2: it's got the most positive sentiment about it. Like I think if it kills the franchise, it's going to be because of the riff between all the, all the actors, I reckon, which is a real shame. It's really petty.
3: The rock was handling it quite well and being quite mature about it. But do you think he's given in little jabs now? I think so. Mm.
2: I understand, but it's kind of like, come on, put your toys down and just grow up.
3: (laughs) Put the toys back in the fram.
2: Yeah, put the toys back in the fram.
3: So we talked about this on the last podcast, I think, mm. but that Andy Serkis was rumoured to be directing Venom 2. Yeah. It is now confirmed.
2: All rumours are true. Every <laughs> rumor you ever hear, because this one proves it.
3: It's true. <laughs> and he, he announced on Instagram by saying the symbiote has found a host in him. Mm. Now, what I'm excited about is I'm hoping that he might put himself in the film.
2: He tends to. He
3: tends to. And I
2: think... This sort of film will, they will benefit from him, I reckon, because Mm. of his kudos and skill and expertise in stop motion. Mm. You know, I'm really looking forward to seeing how that technology is incorporated in this franchise.
3: The first one did have good special effects. It was one of the only good things about (laughs) the first film. Big news this week is that um, Universal have pulled the release of the film The Hunt. Yes. In the wake of the shootings in the US. Mm -hmm. So it's a Blumhouse film where 12 strangers wake up in a field to find they're being hunted by the elite of society for mm. sport. Mm. It's a bit on the nose at the moment, but yeah. I don't know about pulling the film.
2: Yeah, but pulling or delaying it?
3: No, they've pulled it.
2: So it never Maybe Maybe
3: it'll go straight to DVD, yeah. but I mean, yeah. I, I think that's dangerous when we start censoring art. Yeah, yeah, I get that. It's, it becomes an issue. I don't, mm. I don't know if I Are like they making that... a political
2: statement, though? This might be reading far too into it, but it's kind of like... Look, I think a lot of Americans who are against gun laws make a lot of noise about mm. it and nothing ever gets done. I'm just mm. thinking, is this another one of those big statements and that is just going to fall on deaf ears again because nothing mm. happens? But, yeah, this is quite big.
3: It's quite a shame for all the people that are involved in making the movie.
2: Yeah, yeah.
3: Who knows what it would have been...
2: Another piece of news is with Coming to America 2, the sequel, uh, starring Eddie Murphy, it's been announced that Wesley Snipes is joining the sequel.
3: It's a film that I've watched a number of times. Mm. I think it's quite funny for its time.
2: Yes, which was, what, 30 years ago? Yeah, it was an 80s movie, Yeah. I think. Uh,
3: so it's, I don't know how it's going to go now. Is this Eddie Murphy just jumping on the bandwagon, the remake of the sequel, He's not really bandwagon. relevant at the
2: moment. I watched his episode of, um, actually, I stopped because I was so bored. Oh, dear. Of the comedians in cars getting coffee Which Mm -hmm. I love that Mm -hmm. series
3: Yeah with Jerry Um, Seinfeld
2: With Jerry Seinfeld driving comedians around getting Mm -hmm. coffee In in beautiful cars Mm. And I just didn't resonate with him He just wasn't funny Which is okay because He can be Normally, doesn't have to always have Mm. Have a gag But I just found him really boring Yeah I don't know And their chat was really boring And the episode was for some reason twice as long as all the others Mm. Almost three times as long and I got halfway through and was like, I'm skipping. I'm going to watch the Ricky Gervais one because he's so much, <laughs> so much more funny. Anyway, tangent. So Wesley
3: slaps his joint to Where's he Snipes is joined. Wesley Snipes. We missed couple... out the Blade
2: gig. So he's.
3: Yeah. So a couple of people are just trying to make grab for relevancy again. Basically. Yeah, I think so. Is that harsh? Oh, Ooh, it's me. true though. Mm-hmm.
2: But hey, look, everyone loves a comeback. So bring it on. Yeah. We'll check him out anyway.
3: New trailers.
2: Yeah, a couple of new trailers. Um, so the Adams Family trailer was released. It's an animation. Yes. Uh, first time that the Adams Family had been seen in a feature length animation. It's out mm. on December fifth.
3: Which I was surprised at. Yeah. I thought they would have been, but they've been in TV series and yeah. smaller things, but not yeah. full film. Yeah. I've
2: got a, um, a soft spot for the uh, 90s Adams Family films mm-hmm. with Christina Ritchie and mm-hmm. Angelica Houston. They're great. Uh, I am keen to see what they do with this, but I'm not really digging the style of animation. That could be a little bit critical. So
3: it's, the, it design's, the design's based on the very first comics, though, oh, I which see. is where they first appeared. Okay,
2: well, knowing that now...
3: That's why they've done it. That's why they've done it. it, it. I appreciate
2: the choice. I still think it looks cheap.
3: It was meant to be stop motion. I love that so much more. Yeah, you reckon that would be better? Wouldn't that
2: be better? It lends itself so well to that. Hmm. I mean, it would just feel like another Tim Burton film, but that's Hmm. all right.
3: That would have been great. (laughs) That would have been good. Yeah. Uh, Angel Has Fallen We've got the last trailer For that That's coming out On August 22nd And it's Another sequel I
2: think it's the yeah, third movie. Yeah. I think it's
3: the third movie But aren't they all the same Yeah Mike Banning Played by Gerard Butler Who By the way Gerard Butler is my guilty pleasure Oh god He's terrible But I love watching him
2: Storm Is one of the best Worst movies of all time <laughs> <laughs> He is oh, anyway his, his
3: movies are not good But damn uh, I think he's great <laughs> Anyway Could just be because He's Scottish And I'm Scottish Maybe, <laughs> That's I yeah. wanted
2: is. I was waiting for it. Yeah,
3: anyway, he's back and he's being framed for attempting to murder the president, who is now played. The president is now Morgan Freeman.
2: Okay, but isn't he accused of, like, this in every movie?
3: Yeah, espionage or treason.
2: So or why don't he just believe the guy and he just doesn't... It's I not know, what he's about.
3: Has he not earned a bit of... What is it like?
2: Why doesn't he just go home and like have a cup of tea and just <laughs> relax? Because he obviously isn't can't exist in these scenarios anymore. But well, anyway, this movie's full of action. The yep. trailer
3: is full of action. It sure is. It's lots of action. Lots of Gerard Butler.
2: Yeah. <laughs> is is that your like? If it's got lots of action, Lee, I'm into it. If it's if it's got lots of Gerard Butler, I am into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh dear. Yeah. And, and another trailer. Uh, this movie's out September twenty sixth. It's called Scary Stories to tell in the dark. Mm-hmm. You described it as goosebumps for adults that's which I f- found very funny and it kind of nailed it on the head. That's yeah, what I felt too. That,
3: that's the uh, the blurb.
2: It's suitably creepy with a woman ghost giving us a voiceover to set the mood during the trailer yeah. um, and it's about teens who have to face their fears to survive. This kind of looks cool. I think the design of, looks really great in terms of the the ghouls and the characters and mm. i love a i love a haunted house i mean it's just there's so much character to mm-hmm. draw out of something like that so yeah i'm kind of keen for a bit of I, fun with this movie i, I do reckon. get a
3: bit bored watching teens though so i hope it's not too much of as that. long
2: as they're not too suffocating to watch so do you know what i mean as long as they're like insufferable? teens Is that insufferable things? what did i say suffocating
3: <laughs> are they suffocating well, I mean, it's a
2: similar like oh. You have to, I don't know, take a deep breath because yeah. you, you know, if they kind of come across as the like the kids in the It movie, mm. then that's better, mm. I think. Yeah. Apparently, we'll there's a
3: lot of the kids in the second It movie.
2: Oh, really? Even though they're flashbacking mm. a lot. Well, it goes to two hours and forty-five minutes. That one, anyway. It's not really relevant Sorry, to a point tangent, tangent. I'm so, apparently obsessed with your movie durations. <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah. So this movie, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, is actually already out in the US and it's getting yes. pretty decent reviews. So. And it's made a
2: decent coin, I think. Yeah. Um, is it? <laughs> Cut that.
3: <laughs> is it? Is it? Is it? Until next know, time, find out.
2: <laughs> same bad time, same bad channel.
3: <laughs> so what's coming out on August 15? Uh,
2: two movies. One we are really, really excited about. We're just going to pause through a traumatic effect and mention the other one. A Dog's Journey <laughs> dog's is out on journey. August 15th.
3: That's not all we're really excited <laughs> about.
2: That's all we'll say about that because... Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Quentin Tarantino's ninth film. And
3: arguably his best. I cannot wait to see if that is correct.
2: You know what? That often is the little blurb that comes out when his movies are released. And more often than not, it is true. Mm. So that sort of phrase isn't lost on me. I kind of expect it every Mm. time. But you are quite right. People are lapping this film up and I can't wait to be one of them.
3: Mm -hmm. We shall see. Mm. That's everything for Popcorn Podcast this week.
2: That's another episode in the can. Yeah. We'll Thank you for listening.
3: I keep going to say we'll see you next week. We won't see you unless you want to come join us here while we record. We should do a unless live. You want to,
2: yeah, or invite us over while you're listening and we'll just be there. We'll
3: do a we'll live one for you. Oh,
2: God, that'd be great. Yeah.
3: All
2: right. Well, um, yes, thanks for listening, guys, and we'll catch you next time.
3: We'll catch you next time.